Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Indie Comic Spotlight, the show where we do a deep dive into an ongoing series or graphic novel from a company other than the big two. This is the best of the rest. And while, of course, I love a superhero battle, remember, indie comics allow you to do stuff that the big two can't do. And so here we are on a Saturday morning in my world, Saturday afternoon, wherever you are, Ladies, gents, and non-binary friends, wherever you are and whatever time it is in the world when you're listening to this, it's towards the end of February, but we're recording this at the beginning of February. And I reached out because I was going to be in a hotel full of anxious energy because I have to give a presentation in a few hours. And I said, I need somebody who will talk to me for a few hours and not let me think about my presentation. And I said, who am I going to call? Not Ghostbusters. Busters. No, no Steve <laughs> J. Ray. There he is. Hello, friend. Yo. Greetings, thank, brother. Thank you for your service today. Now, listen. Thank you. I reach out to Steve and I was like, what should we do? And Steve was like, I don't know. Should we do death? Should we do Sam? And of course, high cost of living is something we'll one day do because we oh, yes. both love high cost of living. And I was like, maybe we should do. And as I was getting ready to type, here's behind the scenes, everybody. I was getting ready to type. Maybe we should just do endless nights. Maybe this is the time. And Steve sends me this link. And I was like, oh, we're doing that. Written by Scott Snyder, drawn by Hayden Sherman colorist uh Rhonda Pattinson letterer and world um beautiful IDW by the way everybody is they've decided you know what we're gonna do we're gonna put all of our chips on original stuff they still have the stuff mm -hmm. that IDW is known for you can still get your army of darkness you can still get your rocketeer you can still get their prop their their transformery stuff you get all that but they're like we're gonna start making original comics we're gonna say boom studios hold my beer and here they've done it did you hear that list of people, everybody? Yeah. Oh, my God. And so Steve sends me that. And I'm like, oh, Snyder and Sherman, that's like a dream. Oh, yes. And so that's what we're doing. So it was that quick. It was like literally five days ago, Steve and I talked. And now here we are to spend some time on this glorious book. So you reviewed it as a collection. That yes. The collection comes out in May, but you can get these individually still as floppies. Right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And you Just should. ended in December. Yeah, yeah. As, as you should get them. Um, so, um, and this is the wraparound because the first time Steve and I did an ICS, we talked yes. about a book drawn by Hayden Sherman. What a, what a nice wraparound. That was cool. I had not heard, that was my first time I'd heard of Hayden. And of course you knew who Hayden was too. But They're so doing was... some great work. Wow. Oh, man. And the growth between a wasted space and Oh, Dark Spaces. Very good. Dark Spaces, yeah. Wildfire. Oh, that's right. <laughs> um, and until you look at it, you think, hang on, is this even the same artist? Because the style, it's when you look carefully, you can tell, but, oh, beautiful. Well, and it's because they're doing it in a different place, too, because yeah. Wasted Space is truly a space opera. And you, if you haven't listened to our Wasted Space episode, link in the show notes. But it's a space opera, and so it's a different... Um, you know, the, this is real. Like this is a this is yeah, a crime as story. real as it gets. Yeah, yeah, and it's, yeah. it takes place in a fire. Um, and it's so it's really timely too. And of course, just like with wasted space over at Vault, that was also very timely and it was very political. And there was a lot happening. This is too. So, and Scott Snyder isn't a guy who's afraid of of calling out shit when he sees it. So, you've got a great writer, you've got a great artist, you've got a great colorer, Rhonda. You've got and world who and world, and I don't know which who. That's the thing about and world you never know who sometimes they label who's done the thing sometimes they just just and world so right but that's a great team that's a great yeah. team oh, over there and amazing then, yeah I, I mean i always when you see and world doing letters and that's smart you know it's a really smart thing that they're doing there like to create kind of a letterers union because 
on this show we come across yeah yeah absolutely <laughs> uh we're, not everybody does so um but so dark spaces so steve-o uh steve J. but you know i you're l steve, steve. steve call me anything you like as long as you call me in time for dinner yeah well yes for sure <laughs> um so tell everybody a little bit about what this is and again we'll, we'll we'll try not to spoil the ending but we're gonna talk about it um because and if we so if we end up saying some things that happen i mean this is a deep book where obviously we don't do reviews we we talk about shit but we got to talk about our characters so tell everybody just give everybody a brief overview of what dark spaces is and you actually know you told me scott is creating a whole dark spaces universe so please tell everybody what his plans are that you know it's like you were saying that dark spaces um this is the first um arc five issues dark spaces wildfire and dark spaces is idw's first launch one of their first launches into brand new creator-owned material and what dark spaces is going to be is like a twilight zone kind of thing where you get five arc five issue arcs six issue arcs with self-contained stories looking at completely different things so this first one is uh five women who are cons who um, in an attempt to um give time and save money save um lives are um, working on forest fires and they get paid a measly two bucks a day but they're learning valuable skills and they're working as a team and uh, winding away the, the time that they're in prison and uh, these five ladies uh, ruby marning aka ma sawyer aka saw an ex-military who's the heavy tools and longest standing member of the crew zin eight years on the team is the path clearer a younger lady uh, ramos a fellow latina who's the fire weather conditions expert and then brooks uh, the brand new member of the team who's on cleanup after after the event these five ladies are fighting fires where they break out and one of them the last lady is um newsworthy criminal as the others you don't really know what they've done and what they're in prison well ma's for. not ma's uh ma's works for the department of corrections but <laughs> yeah but we see that in ma's file there's yeah. some redacted shit so ma was and i so i appreciate that you called it out because yeah. i agree ma was a con but ma is now working for the department of the Corrections. so it's like there's something there they don't yeah. address it but it's clear there's you know why would part of her file be redacted um if, i want them to come back to these characters yeah yeah they sh and we'll see yeah they have to yeah because this story like tony beautifully said is if you can pick up the individual issues pick up the individual issues because the one thing about the book is you know some writers like tom king's one of them it's better to read it in graphic novel form yeah oh god yeah this is one where even though each issue ends with a cliffhanger that has you going ah um you do want to read it episodically because you will devour it in book form and then you'll lose some of the effect these five issues are this should be a, a tv show this should be a oh. movie well it's no funny. doubt in my it's, mind it's funny because so a couple of things before we before we get into the other five things that the way that he set up these issues and named the issues and it's so brilliant but um what i this is a real thing steve that happens in america this isn't fake we really do use we use prisoners as essentially indentured servants and we put their lives at risk and this and is a real thing about this story yeah yeah that's the, this is real and they it's a volunteer as i air quote position you don't have to do it but most people will because like you said they they're learning skills they're like oh i can be a firefighter after i'm done I, that's a hard job to learn i've already you know so now i know how to do it 
Um, but it is incredibly dangerous. And, you know, you don't have to pay their health insurance. And, you know, people are like, well, they're in prison and they're getting fed and they're like, whatever. Well, that's the bullshit. But we do that. And it's and it's interesting that um, and I've not watched the show, but there's a new show on um, American terrestrial TV. It's called Fire Country. And it's about this. It's about uh, it's not women, but it's a man yeah. who's a who who he's not in a team of convicts, but he is joined a real fire brigade. Because again, we do that too. Sometimes they'll like in this only Ma is the only non you know person who can leave at the end of the day. But in in the world in America, there's some where it'll be like mixed. It'll be like two or three convicts come in, uh, you know, people imprisoned folks, and they come and they work, and then they go back to prison, and everybody else gets to go home at the end of the day. But as often happens when you're fighting fire forest fires, as you because it's very specific, you don't go home. You have to sleep out there. And so it's like, oh, you're in prison, but oh, tonight you're just going to sleep on the ground and where you hope you're going to be there in the morning. And so there's an interesting view of you trust these people, but you don't. And and so there's a, there's an interesting conversation about America's incarceration problem too. Um, so it's just fascinating that it was perfect timing. So when you say it's a show, I got to say, I know everybody loves that show, like the, everybody, I'm air quoting again, people like that show. I'm like, eh. But then when I read this, I was like, oh, I wish they had made this instead of that show because I would totally be watching. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Because of the strength of the characters, the strength oh. of the writing, and the visuals are just. The, and again, the colors. I love, and I know this is one of those things, but um, uh, Pattinson's use of purple, and it's, and you don't think about it like you're like, well, the purple's not really a color that's massively done in nature, but she uses it as a contrast to the fire. Like instead of it just being black, she like. Things that aren't on fire a lot are purple, but it's also it's things that that can also mean it was already burnt. And so she just really does some amazing contrast here. It is beautiful, but it almost like the problem is, is you remember from Flash and Legends when Firestorm would flame on um, and even in the Fantastic Four movies, it's hard to do fire on TV. And so this would need the budget. Right. And and unfortunately, would you give. There's only one white lady in in the team. You know what I mean? And I'm going to just be real honest. Would a TV network give a lot of money to a, a female-led show with only one white person on it? And I'm I'm going to be sad to say they wouldn't give it the budget that it would deserve. I was a Hollywood money man. I'd throw every all the money in the world at it just because it's written by Scott Snyder personally. Yeah. But hey, that's just me. <laughs> well, and it and it should be made. But you know what I mean? It's like that's the sad reality. Yeah. And any but anybody who reads, I defy anybody to read this book and not be yeah. like. Oh my god, I'm totally into these characters. Yes, and like you said, absolutely. I need to know it because it's set up for more. Oh, that ending! Oh, jeez. And we're not going to give the ending ending. No. Right? We're not going to give that that away. But so Steve, Steve, as he as he beautifully set it up, that is what this is. So there's five issues, and 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 what the other Snyder genius, you know, thing that he does is he tells you what it is. So it's five issues, and each issue has a title. The trap is the first one, ignition, flashover, max heat, and decay, which are the five stages of a forest fire too. So he tells you that as the preamble. He sets this up. He gives you a sort of ending where you think the story is going to end, and then you go back to the beginning. He does the wraparound story, and then each of the stories is, is one of those names. And it's it's super good. What do you like the wraparound story? Do you like that? I'm showing you something that happens three quarters of the way in. What do you make of that? He does, but he doesn't. 
Right. That's what I love about it. Because sometimes when you get those, um, you come in halfway through, it's just like, oh, I just start the story. I don't need to have this halfway through. But he tells you what's going to happen. But then he, A, turns it on its head and drops it on its ass. And B, because he's done the research, he knows these terms. He knows about the fires. He knows about these uh, systems of operation in the US uh, penal system. That he then takes the other side of it. Like um, he calls each chapter after a stage of a forest fire but it's actually what's happening to these characters like the trap is the trap of 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 what they end up doing or deciding to do at the end of the first issue and like whenever there's a forest fire even if you're going to control there could always be an fu which is flare up but it can also be a fuck up because again that's exactly what happens to these ladies during the course of the story so it's brilliant writing using real women who are real characters and you feel like i know a zin i know a ramos i i know a ma in the world and if they cast me now when as ma then oh i just God. die happy and go i mean <laughs> she looks a little like her too you're like oh, uh-huh. I, see what, I see what you've done here are you like yeah. baiting her to come do this because yeah. I mean, I think Ming-Na Wen, when, when we did the Expendables episode with Scott over on 20th Century Geek, of course, she was on, she was the leader of, of my team because, duh, yeah. um, the, the baddest, baddest ass of the baddest asses. Um, and she's aged really, like, obviously Ma in this is only probably in her 30s and Ming-Na's in her 50s, but she still looks Never 30. tell. No, yeah. she looks amazing. God, she's yeah. awesome. Yeah, Legend. I agree. Love her. I do too. I think it would be, <laughs> it would be awesome. I, it's funny too, I did think about that. I thought, I'm like, Oh, here's who I would cast. As I'm, as I, <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. These are I get. I know who these people are. Like, if I'm making this, you know, you start thinking of Gina Rodriguez, right? Yeah. Is, right. Yeah. I mean, she's right there. Yeah. Um, I actually think Leslie Jones, as in, and because I feel like, in a film version, you'd need it. You'd need a little bit of levity, but yeah. Zinn is also, you know, Leslie Jones played college basketball. I mean, she's big. You know, she's like real tall and real strong. And I mean, you got to think of who these people are. They have to be, you have to get action stars to play these roles because they're literally fighting fires, especially Zin. Action stars that can act, which is what we're saying. The people Correct. we're casting, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Leslie Jones, and you know, because Leslie Jones is funny too. So it, it is, um, it's it's uh, it's good that, that, that we're both thinking along the same ways. I do want to talk a little bit about the characters as we go, obviously, but it is also a crime story. This is a keeper. Yes. Um, oh yeah talk about that like did you know like you like you said at the end of the trap you don't know it's a crime story till the end totally blew my mind i was like oh i didn't know i mean you you just recommended it so i was like i'm gonna read it but then it's like oh fuck it's a crime story so i love a good caper um what do you think of this caper and why isn't scott snyder i guess writing all the movies <laughs> the thing that's that's just because I'm so used to Scott as a horror writer. Right. I mean, even his comic stuff, his Batman stuff, his Justice League stuff had elements of horror to it. I mean, metal and and uh, death metal. My God, there's so much horror in there. The Batman who laughs is literally a, a that's corpse. Terrifying. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but this is so grounded, so real that I thought, well, yeah, even if it was just a story about these women fighting fires, you've got legs, you've got material that could run for years because so many things could happen. I mean, the fact that they come across a, a group of mountain lions, the fact that they... Oh, um, what have a great to... scene. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. 
they have to deal with the other teams that are in the area fighting the fires around the forest in different areas. You could write a, a series about this and it would run for years. And then to throw in that curveball, three quarters of the way through issue one with uh, Brooks and turn it into a heist. So you've got action adventure, forest fires, Ocean's Eleven thrown into one story. And it's, it's magic. Absolute magic. It really is absolute magic. And it's like, I, I feel that... Um... I like caper stories. It's one of those yeah, things where I, I think, and like you mentioned, Oceans, the Oceans 11 movies, and then the Ocean 8 movie was also fantastic. I like a movie that is, and you can only pull it off if the script is tight and if everything is believable. And if you create the exact right characters in the exact right moment at the exact right time, it won't work otherwise. And so he sets us up. And then once you know it's a caper, then you go back and you reread issue one. You're like, oh my God, you're literally oh, doing yes. it. When we introduce the character. So they're, they're, they take a smoke, like they're fighting fires and Ma says smoke break. And you're like, that's weird. You're fighting fires. Why would you be smoking? And these cigarettes. Candy cigarettes. Because <laughs> Are those even they, a thing? Can they even make those these days anymore? I think you can still make them. Yeah. They're probably only sold, you know, they're not marketed at, at children. Yeah. Um, but essentially, she gives them candy cigarettes because they need to keep their glucose up. It's all about just getting sugar. It's like hydrate. Realism. Yeah, right. Yeah. So this, though, is how we introduce the characters. It's one page. It's a one page, you know, but it's it looks it, it's it's again, the layout is beautiful. Um, Hayden's layout is, is, is spot on perfect because it's it's that it's that character spot. Like if you're watching a heist movie, it's like they freeze bing and it'll like say the character's name up there and it'll say blah 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 like in uh it's so much better yeah it's it's so good it's so smart because you know everything you need to know about them and then once you're like oh it's a heist movie that's what he's doing he's doing that uh, an homage to that way we introduce characters in heist movies and their their expressions the way that hayden does their facial expressions here again you look at them like ramos takes her cigarettes and she sticks them in and she's like a walrus walrus. (laughs) and she's so happy yeah like like she's like in utter joy they're fighting fires she's a prisoner she's actually 51 days away from leaving like she's almost out too and yet you feel like if you're 51 days away you're totally short time in but like it looks to her like you wouldn't know she's a criminal in any way shape or form she's feel like sisters they feel like family and that's a tough thing to do in the space of one issue yeah so by the end of the five you are invested in these women in these characters and you just think more oh yeah oh yeah 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 and it's and snyder is definitely one of those people who i i i always instru- i struggle i get on the struggle bus when men don't know how to write women and it's like if you mm-hmm. don't know how just don't and that's okay like if you yeah. don't know how don't but my, I always get upset when when men think they're doing a good job and they're not. Yeah. He Snyder always has been able to write any character. Like yeah. he's just a good character developer. Like I mean, even in Severed, you know, like not humans. You're like totally invested in, or or they are. You know, yeah. when Spider Dan and I covered it, are they vampires? Are they cannibals? We don't know. Are they immortal? We don't know because it's Scott Snyder and he's not going to tell you. But he's so good at developing characters in that, and so he really has these three dimensional totally believable women um and he that let's talk about this character development trick that he and hayden do yeah so as you're going through the book everybody at the beginning of each issue as as steve was saying like so it's the trap and the next one is ignition which again is 
a forest fire thing, but it's also what's happening in the episode. And then flash over and max heat and decay. So it's all there. He's telling you everything. But when we're reintroducing the characters in each issue, there'll be a page or two where it's a focus on just one character or in one page where they're all there, but there's like a reflection to their past. And without talking about it, yes, you he lets Hayden show us this historical what a storyteller. Yeah. What do you that takes some courage because you know, I always think of like our good friend Chris Claremont and how he would never do this. Chris Claremont would never say, I'm just going to let the amazing artist tell the story. Never use two words when 20 will do, yeah. But Scott (laughs) Snyder, and again, it's it's one of my my other favorite writers who I say this all the time, Brian Edward Hill, who's Mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. I know I'm a good writer, so I'm going to get out of the way. I'm going to tell a good story. Like half of Postal, the Postal stuff that he writes, has no words. But every, you can see Brian's DNA on every single page. You know, American Carnage, half of that book is silent. Yeah. And, and that book is just a, a awesome. God, God, he's so great. But Scott Snyder, and you know, when I start, he does it too. He gets out of his own way. So talk about that, like you said, as a storytelling device. And also, how, like, how many times did you go back and look at those pages and be like, yeah. what did I miss? I went back like two or three times. I've read those five issues four or five times now. Yeah. Because I always go back and think, ah, yes. Like the whole bit with the broken wrists, the whole bit with the child, the little scenes, like you said, the redacted file. Um, and I'm not just saying that Scott Snyder's a good storyteller. I'm saying Hayden Sherman is a oh, good yeah, storyteller yeah. because, oh, my God, the way they lay out their panels. <laughs> it's amazing. It's just beautiful. Your eye just follows. And there's one scene with, with, with the fire where you're following the page from right to left down into the center and then from the bottom left into the center. And it's like just that the lady's walking through this area heading to the one spot and it's gorgeous. The storytelling, like Scott's may have scripted, like try and do two paths into playing into one and then, Hayden's gone mad, gone wild and just let it flow. And it's just, I've never seen comics laid out quite the same way. The only person I've feels like done anything similar is Alvaro Martinez in um, Nice House on the Lake, where there's several different things going towards one thing. And some of these Justice League stuff, uh, Justice League Dark yeah, stuff the, as well. The only other thing I could think of, that's a great shout out, is, um, is uh, Sweet Tooth. Yes. Lemire. Lemire does it in Sweet Tooth. Like there's Another a couple of writer who knows when to shut up. Yeah. Yeah. But he and yeah, 100%. But yeah, there's a couple of there's a couple of pages in Sweet Tooth where it's just like it, it'll be and and it'll be multiple splash pages that sort of connect like a puzzle. And this does this. This the use of the splash in this is really, yeah. really good too. And really I always good. felt like a lot of times, sometimes people don't know how to use a splash. They're like, I don't know what I'm doing. So I'm gonna throw a splash in here and just say, get me out of it. But again, I feel like this was a team effort and they're like, oh, yeah, we need Completely. a splash here. And like the one you're describing in issue one, there's a there's a uh, a very Danto Inferno ring thing. So at the mm. top left corner that it's now and there's the five of them sitting in the grass eating their candy cigs. And then it's circle ring one ring two ring three. And so here's Ramos. Right. And then and then here's Zinn and then here's Saw and then head. here's Brooks and it's going down and down and then at the end it's red and it's like it's green up here and it's red here so it's like he's again telling you on page like six of issue one this is the journey but that is some amazing storytelling there's no word absolutely you're just like looking at that you're like who is that what is that and like 
oh, and it's like there's a scene, there's a there's a there's a silent scene where you just see Ramos like hands out trying to get somebody's attention outside of a prison. And you're like, yeah. oh, what's happening there? And you're and you just it's so fucking good. It's so brilliant. amazing. I can't absolutely brilliant. Yeah. I, I, I hate to be, I mean, I'm just like such at a loss for words when I was reading this because it's, it is such a visual masterpiece of, of storytelling. Um, so speaking of visual, let me ask you this question. It's mm -hmm. never addressed. I am curious. Um, is Sawyer trans? My God. You know what? Possibly. Um, thinking about it, she's quite masculine but i think maybe that was just because she's ex-military she had to push up to fight but hey um if that's the case awesome great and, and the reason because I because the diversity about of this whole series is, is phenomenal from day one because and it's not anything i realized the first time i read it it's only when i went back and thought hang on we've got a, a, a asian we've got a black character we've got a latino character we've got everything brilliant if that's the case awesome the reason but i didn't I think about it I, and yeah. I didn't think about it on the first read through. I was just like, oh, Sawyer. Like you said, everything about Sawyer is ex-military and all this stuff. But there's so many, oh. there's so many ways. The And it was like the way that her shirt sits on her and the way that like it opens in certain places that, that in general, somebody who was raised, who somebody was born, you know, genetically assigned, you know, was born with female parts as a child would have been raised differently to like wear the shirt differently, just having raised girls, you know, yeah. it's just like just the way the shirt falls yeah. on. So, and again, it's, and I could be wrong. And again, yeah. but what I love about it is it's that it's the conversation that it, we don't have to say, and yeah. I'm only bringing it up to bring it up, to make the point. It's like in, um, uh, what was the Kate back in San Good storytelling. Yeah. Jolt where Laverne Cox is in Jolt. And at no point are they like Laverne Cox, a trans woman is in and she's playing a trans woman. She's like, she's just a woman. And I love the idea of that there. So you as Absolutely. the reader can decide. Yeah. And like you said, it's irrelevant, but I'm yeah. bringing it up because I feel Absolutely. like it's there for you. And you're yeah. like, oh, okay. She's still a woman. She's still in a woman's prison. Yep. They call her. She's one of the girls. And I could be wrong. I just feel like the way though, that, that Hayden draws Sawyer and the way that Sawyer is written is, is that. And, 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 and that to me could be, and again, just me, you know, filling in the gaps. Again, it makes it a comic for every member of the audience. There's right. something in it for everyone. And that's great. If that is the case, brilliant. Yeah, I, I agree. And what I love about it is, is it gives me a layer on the second read through. I was like, yeah. oh, is that why Sawyer's in jail? Was Sawyer just defending herself? Like, None of them seem to be really terrible people. Oh, we know about Trump and his thoughts on trans people in the military, don't exactly. we? Exactly. She's ex-military. Was she booted out? Um, so that adds actually another layer among, among the myriad of layers that are already in this comic book. So yeah. amazing. Yeah, that was what I thought. And I was just, and it wasn't on the first read. It was just like, I mean, I just loved all these characters from the jump, but it was just like, I, I thought I'd ask. Cause I, and again, I just, it, it's irrelevant. Which is another, again, like I said, I what I loved about, I mean, Jolt should have been better than it was. But when when I saw Oliver and Cox show up and it, no, they didn't acknowledge it, that is that is the move that we all just need to make is like, hey, Absolutely. hire a trans actor, yeah. hire a, a woman, trans women are women. She plays the female role. And let's not point it out. It doesn't have yeah. to be 
absolutely but it's just she's just a woman playing a female role the end yeah. let's move the fuck on and and i think that's what snyder has done here but he's li- gave us just enough clues and if you didn't want to see it you don't have to see it yeah but if you do see it and you're like like we will say bravo Love to that. you sir for giving us a little bit of everybody um absolute yeah absolute and i i mean i think i love sawyer i love everything she's about i think i think that she regardless of whether she's a trans woman or you know a genetically assigned woman at birth a woman women in the military that's tough i still feel like regardless of what happened sawyer is in prison for defending herself and I think some of those back... That's exactly what I saw as well. Yeah. Some of those back stories are like, yeah. oh, yikes. People are the worst. When I was... It's teaching- what I've always said. The only real <laughs> monsters in this universe are human beings. It's... Right? That's why Romero zombie movies. Right? I mean, the very first one, Night of the Living Dead, the ending is such a gut punch because... Here he's giving us an African-American lead in the 1960s, this brilliant movie, the whole time you're afraid of zombies. And then what happens? They kill the man at the end because he was a black man in there with the white lady. And you're like, oh, shit, Romero, you genius. Because the, the humans are always the villains. And, Absolutely. And, and, and I think what's really cool, let's talk about that. Let's talk about the fact these are criminals. What, and again, our our countries are different. So talk to me a little bit about, and not to say you're an expert on criminal justice in the United Kingdom, but you'll know more than me. So what is it like, like if somebody goes to prison and then does his or her time and comes out, is that person then get a clean bill and can go do anything? Or, or is that person kind of, air quotes, considered damaged goods forever? It meant to be. But like you said, um, unless they move to somewhere where they're completely unknown, no, sadly, that crime will live with most of them till the end of time. And while some do deserve it and do get let out too soon for good behavior for whatever reason, a lot of people do go into prison sometimes because they were led um, into doing whatever they did and they just want to turn their lives around and make a better life for themselves. And there is redemption. But Sadly, society won't let them have it. Um, you and I are the kind of people that will give everybody a second chance. Yeah. I mean, unless you're a child killer or serial rapist, or whatever else, then no. But some people are in prison um, because they were caught and they made a horrific mistake. And that's the impression I get with most of the characters in this story. I agree. Um, because there's again without giving anything away one of these characters um will blow your mind at the end of one of the chapters and you'll go you what i know um so yeah in this country i think it's probably the same in the states sometimes the people who do deserve a second chance aren't allowed to have it and that's a sad fact it is a sad fact and it's and in different states it's different um in america like because because america but like where I'm from in Michigan, that lives with you forever. You know, and I, I haven't, I'm an educator of, of adults. So I have a lot of uh, folks who are either in prison, who, who were taking classes online or people who were just out of prison, taking community college classes, trying to, you know, get their shit together. And um, it's really, depending on the crime, like when I, about five or six years ago, well, I was, I guess, God, I'm old, 15 years ago, I was teaching 
um, at a community college in Battle Creek, Michigan. And there was this guy who was getting his um, HVAC, uh, which is, uh, you know, they do air conditioning yeah. certification. And so he, you know, it's a, he was getting the full degree instead of just the uh, uh, cert. So he was in, he was in one of my comp classes. And the, the day he found out that he wasn't going to be allowed to do residential, he couldn't be certified for residential because when he was 17, he got arrested for breaking and entering and he did two years and now he's 38 years old. And he thought, you know, he did his thing. He he yeah. did his time. His parole was over. He's, you know, was tired of working retail, working at gas stations, working in a factory. He's like, this is a real good job. I can make good money. I can be inside <laughs> instead of, you know, and they's like, and he's like, I can only work residential. I, I'm not allowed. I, I can only work commercial. I'm not allowed to work in res. Like I'm not allowed in people's homes because when I was 17. It is a stupid thing. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's super, but that's a Michigan. Different yeah. states are different. Like in other states, it's like, all right, you're done. You're 38 now. That's pretty much the UK mentality as well, I think. Particularly unless the ex-convict moves to a completely different part of the country. It's it's really too bad. And and yeah. and the reason I the reason I I want to talk about it is because this is a book about class warfare. Um, oh yeah, completely. And you and I are working guys. Um, I'm a first gen, I was first generation, went to college. I know I, I work at a college, but like, I still feel like I'm that hillbilly dirt farmer, you know, like I'm still the guy who grew up on my grandparents' farm who didn't know he was poor until he went to college and was like, yeah. Oh, sure. I didn't understand that parents paid for cars. What? I didn't understand parents wrote checks for kids to go to school. Your parents could do that. I didn't know that was the thing. So I, I'm still that guy, even though, you know, I mean, I don't. I'm an, I'm an educator, so it's not like I'm rolling yeah. in it. You know, yeah. <laughs> I'm staying at a really fancy hotel, but because <laughs> my school's paying for yeah. me to be here right now. But I'm a working class guy, and class matters to me. And this is a class class warfare book. Um, yeah, you you brought completely. up, you said the T word, which apparently he just comes up when we talk because there's always he's fucked up a lot of the world, and there's a lot of commentary on there. So, what do you make of the class commentary there? And again, tying it into the fact that they're criminals. The conversation that that Hayden and Scott are having with us about maybe you're not like you said. There's broken people who do crime, and they're just horrible monsters. Lock them up. Some people, and again, it goes back to like lame is right. Mm -hmm. Are you a criminal because your nephew's hungry? Are you a criminal because exactly. the society in which you live has given you no has forced you to be a criminal? Exactly. Um, well, that's why. I mean, let's just put it this way that. Um, the real hard grafters, the ones who feel like the sisterhood in this story, are the ladies from our working class background, or in some cases, probably even poorer. And it's um, the white collar criminals, the ones with the money, that are the dangerous ones. So it's there, right there for you. It is. And Take with it, do with it what you will. And I think you have to do with it what you will. Like, what? what is... Is it more evil to, you know, steal a bottle of Tylenol cold, you know, infants Tylenol for your kid because you're broke and your kid is sick? Or is it more evil to do, you know, to just steal money, be a, you know, millions and millions of dollars from the, you know, from pension funds? I feel like one is way worse than the other, but one is going to go to jail and one is, is going to get a slap on the wrist. Is it more criminal to... 
um, try and get into America to try and get a better life for your children and your family than it is to steal White House documents, um, get people to rebel and storm the White House, and, uh, <laughs> you know, not mentioning names. Um, I mean, I'm here. I was, here. I'm like two blocks away from the White House. It was... Uh... Um, it was weird to walk that path the other day, yeah. yesterday. I was like, oh, this is still a little makes me sick. Um, he's a bigger criminal. The, the people that man's condemning or the man himself. Well, I know who I think is the bigger criminal. I, I do, too. I totally know who I think is the, is the bigger criminal. And it, it's. There's when you there's this, there's a scene again, I'm just we're just kind of I, I mean, we're going to focus on obviously we're talking about around the whole book, but in issue one, again, there's a there's a. It's a it's a splash page. And so here's saw here's saw at the top, and you see saw getting you know standing in her prison jumpsuit in front of the judge, and then you cut back to her in the military, and then you see her in jail, and then you see Zin getting in a fight with somebody, and you see people in the background like clearly she was defending someone, and then you see Ramos who's actually smiling and happy, and then oh in jail, and so you see this. The way that this flashback story is being told, and in each case, you see where the person is from and what yeah. the person has done, and then where they end up. And like we said off the top, like you mentioned, Ma was clearly a criminal at some point in time. We just don't know what she did, yeah, because it's redacted. But she's got a she's got a redacted file too, so she's yes. done some shit. And so, but here we are. We we put in our in my country, and I'm I don't know if it's this way in in your country and in the world. The people whom for whom society offers nothing, they are the ones who go into public service. They go, they yep. become firefighters, they join the military. Yep. Um, they they you know become EMTs, they they go into the police force because it's a it's a really good job, it's well-paying, it has insurance, it gives you structure, it gives you all the things. When you join the military, it gives you a home. You can go from, you can go from homeless to having a house with three meals a day if you join the army, right? But these are the people who are who are literally putting their lives on the line. But then if they weren't doing that, they wouldn't be respected. And, yeah. and, and there's just this layer of respect. I don't know. I, I guess class always gets to me, Steve, because I get bugged like working and living. Completely. Work, I, it, Completely. I think class. is still one it, of the great evils inherent in the earth. Yes. Absolutely. Go talk about that. Yes, I agree. Absolutely. Why is it even still a thing? Literally, because those who have the most don't want to share it. That's the simplest way to look at it. Uh, we know for a fact, I mean, it's documented, the state of California alone throws away more food in six months than could feed a starving nations for two or three years. Um, that's a fact. Why yeah. is it happening? Because, because I don't know, let's just, let's just spin it. Let's just kill the world with all the stuff that we can actually share. It's crazy. <laughs> you know, and that's the long and short of it. It's really frustrating. And it is. And I just think, and again, in this comic book about five women do, yep. doing a heist fighting And look fires, who we're talking about. Yeah. And that, but, that's what you want, <laughs> but that's what they want us to talk about. Yeah, and if absolutely. You, and it's okay if you miss it. If it's okay if you just are like here for If you heist. just want to read it as a story about five women and as a heist caper, you're going to love it. You are. If you then read it. You could give this to a 15, 16 year old, you can give it to a 20, 25 year old, you can give it to men in our 40s and 50s like us. And each person who reads it will come away with a completely different outlook on it. But every single person, like you said at the beginning of the show, I defy anyone to read these five comics and not come away loving them. 
I, I know I don't know how I don't know how you could. I mean, they're beautifully drawn, of course. They're they're just I, it's such a compelling story. And so one of the things that happened, and we'll give this part away because it's a heist. And so we're telling you that Ma, I obviously for the heist to go along, yeah. Ma has to go along with the heist. Yeah. So the heist is essentially there Brooks, who's the new person, um is the white collar criminal. And she's like, oh, there's this house up the hill here who I know this guy, this is my boss. And what we learn is that Brooks was Brooks was framed. Um, her boss led a Ponzi scheme. You know, he's a very Bernie, he's clearly Bernie Madoff and she takes the fall and um, and she's in jail, which of course, you know, and again, that's, I think, a commentary on uh, uh, what happened to Martha Stewart too. It's like, yes, Martha Stewart totally yes. did insider trading and she made like $400. And she went to jail for five years. But then all these other assholes who do the worst things yep. ever, they just get a slap oh, yeah. on the wrist. So it's clearly because she's a woman and people don't like her and she's self-made and people don't understand whatever. And I'm not a big Martha Stewart fan, keep in mind, but I'm like, did she Still, need to be in jail for yeah. five fucking years? She made $400. Exactly. Yes. I mean, $400. Let's, let's, she's worth billions. Anyway, um, but so Brooks is this person. So she says up at the top, there's this house, this rich guy house that you can only get into by helicopter or whatever. And it's got art and it's got all this shit and it's my boss. And there is a server with billions of dollars of crypto on it. Let's go get that because crypto is untraceable. And so it's and honestly, I had to read this scene the first time through a couple of times. She's like, isn't Ma standing right there? And they're just sitting there talking about it yeah. as though she's not there. And so it's like, what happened to Ma? Did I have a stroke? And I'm like looking and like, oh, there she is. She's drawn too. again, Hayden, you magnificent bastard. She's drawn Amazing real artist. small. Yeah. It's kind of like standing over there, but she's clearly yeah. within earshot. You're like, oh, they want her to hear this, yeah. but they don't. They want to give her plausible deniability just in case. So Ma's like, fuck it. Let's go. Let's go get this money. Let's go. That's the other pockets. thing. That mutual respect you sense in these characters that are two-dimensional, drawn on a comics page, and the way they feel so real, and the way they all love Ma. And that, in the fifth issue, is another... Oh, moment. I know. Oh, it's so good. It's it's so good because it is it is it is all all of that is there. The yeah. found family stuff is real. Right. And we we say we call each other brother all the time. And there is absolutely to that. There's there is something about found family. And this is that. And I think these folks, these five people. I mean, we, we learned Ma has a tragic ending with her Oof. own family, but um there's all of them you can see from these beautifully drawn backgrounds, backstories. And again, in lesser hands, every one of these would yeah. be like a whole flashback issue. And again, I'm not, I'm not against a flashback issue, but they're like, we don't need to. We're just going to give it to you right here. But, I'd rather yeah. have flashback follow-up series. Thanks, Scott and Hayden. <laughs> yeah, I'm all. Yeah, if you want to <laughs> give us one shot of, of all of that, we, we're here. We're here for you. We will be all over that. Take my money. Yeah, 100%. But the... um. There is this this conversation about like what it takes for Ma to decide, fuck it, let's do it. Because again, she's a public servant. She's working for the Department of Corrections. She's in charge of these women, but she's also a firefighter and they're also firefighters. And she sees, I mean, on its face, like if you were honestly, Steve, if you were to just walk up to an, a, the aliens land and they're like, we see that your Western part of your country is on fire, Americans. What are you doing? You're like, oh, we're just taking untrained criminals and we're sending them out there. Um, and that's how we're going to handle it. They would be like, that's fake. What are you really doing? You'd be like, no, no. 
that's real. You're like, that That can't be real. That can't be what, let's try again. Tell me a different, tell me the truth. No, that's it. That's what we do. So it's like, it's it's mind boggling to me. Oh, and we're paying them $2, $2 a day. To put their lives at risk for $2 a day. It's crazy. It's a crazy thing. And it's only kind of like when you're in the inside, right? Everybody knows that like whatever industry you're in or your partner's in or your kids are in, you find out shit that you wish you didn't know, right? Yeah. Like nothing is just above board and clear. There's always icky stuff happening. And that's the uh, that's the next part of the story, right? It's about class and it's about this, but it's also about, um, you know, corruption. There's a, yeah. there's a corruption conversation here. Um, we know your government has gone has gone through some tough times in the last year or two. I'm sorry to say, um, like you could, if you were to do unelected like, leaders, what's that? Lasting, unelected leaders lasting for weeks. Right. You've had more prime ministers in the last couple of years. <laughs> Dear Lord. Well, and that's corruption, though, right? Oh, that's that yeah, is total absolutely. a corrupt system, and yet it just continues on. And and what does that say, like? We see corruption. I see corruption. I'm in Washington, D.C. as we're recording this. I could go swing, you know, swing a dead cat and hit 10 corrupt people. But what is it about corruption? Why does corruption get to keep happening? And why is it that the only way we think to fight corruption is by doing criminal acts as opposed, you know, like, again, another conversation there. Like, when is the time when you've heard Law and order won and they defeated corruption. It's always like it's an insider. It's somebody turning, you know, turning sides. And it's like, oh, we've got this person to flip. We caught this criminal because we got another criminal to turn. What the fuck? Like, why is that the only way we can? It's just like, I don't know. I'm just going to ramble. You talk about talk about. It's hilarious. There's a fantastic podcast. It's a semi horror fantasy but actually just holding up a mirror and showing us how ridiculous this world is podcast called welcome to night Vale. Okay. And one of the intros to one of the episodes was, um, in the words of the very famous song, I fought the law and the law won. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I obeyed the law and the law won. I ignored the law and the law won. It's because, in most cases, the people who are writing these laws are writing them for themselves and for the people who have all the money. And the way that, well, as you know, in the UK recently, the biggest who harm why the last prime minister left after a few weeks was because they abolished the tax rate for the highest earners. The more you've got, the more tax you should fucking pay. It's that simple. If you earn shit, how can you afford to give a quarter of it away? Especially with the way bills are, you know, because the people with the money don't want to part with it. And the people who don't have any are the ones who are literally having it stolen from them. So it's that simple. The people who are writing the laws are the last fucking people who should be writing the laws. Right. And and they And they're taking care of themselves and their rich friends mm -hmm. and all the other stuff it's it's that's 100 what it is and this that's is on yet, these pages yeah it is on these pages it's so it is a fucking layer and again 
we are not here to say if you just read this and are like fucking cool fire crime caper. I'm I'm here for that. You should Absolutely. be here for that. Yeah. That is beautiful. Yeah. But I but you have to you have to say these guys are are telling a story and they're giving you something that is important and they want you to have a thought. I mean, I could I could give this to we I could teach an entire 15 week class on these five books. Oh, easily. Yeah, I mean, because we, we can talk about race in America, we can talk about gender in America, we can talk about Us. Yeah, which obviously class. We could talk about what you just said, corruption. We could talk about the way that the laws are written. We can talk about the way that that our public servants are treated. There's this thing where it's like, you know, support our troops, which is great. But then when they're out, fuck them. We don't care if they're homeless and living under a bridge. I, I yeah. care about that. That upsets me. I don't like that. No, 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 no. But it happens like the majority yeah, of homeless people absolutely. in America are vets. Yeah. They're like, why is that? Like, what is that? What do we what? Like, seriously, we can't. Help the heroes shouldn't exist is treat them like fucking heroes to start with. They've went out and put their lives on the line for you. Is it hard to give them a job? Is it hard to, you know, you give them a home when they're in the military, but then as soon as they're out of the military, what, throw them to the wolves? That is exactly what happens. And it just doesn't make any sense because you've not trained them. You've, you've taken them. To do them anything in. but fight. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And, and the people who leave the military and who then can, you know, parlay that into a career are the officers, are the people who, oh, what did you do while they were in the military? Oh, you educated them. You sent them to school and you taught them. You're like, okay, we're teaching you how to fight for four to eight years. Now we're going to give you an education and tell you, how those tactical skills and all those things are going to be really useful. There was an episode of Frasier. This is so weird, but there was yeah. an episode of Frasier where uh, Frasier was playing, ch teaching chess to his dad, Marty, and he couldn't beat his dad. And he was getting so frustrated because he was like, I'm Dr. Frasier Crane. You're a police officer, blah, blah, blah. And at the end, Marty's like, what do you think I did for 30 years? What do you think being a detective was? Anticipating, critical thinking thinking four steps ahead of my opponent. Why do you think I was good at my job? Because I'm a blue collar guy. I didn't go to college. You think I'm dumb. Yeah. But this is a game of strategy. And who's a better strategist than a police officer? And there's like that, you know, and again, I understand there are terrible police officers. There's terrible firefighters. Oh, yes. Terrible military. People are bad. But, but again, as Steve was saying, the majority of people who do these things aren't. They're doing it literally out of self-sacrifice, and and they do get something out of it, but then you don't continue on with that. And that's what that's what Ma sees. She's like, when this she is makes, a way out for these ladies. Yeah. And for herself. Yeah. There's nothing for her. There's a page. There's a splash page. I mean, I'm gonna get I literally got goosebumps thinking about it. Where we see Ma's life. Yeah. Every day she goes home. She eats her noodles. She eats her microwave noodles. She's eating them with the chopsticks. She's standing in front of the TV. I work. I go to the line, I go home, I eat. Fighting I these fires and inhaling that smoke is slowly killing her, which is right. another thing she they throw in. And she's right. still doing it. And she refuses. They're like, you need to yeah. go away for eight weeks from the line. after." No. You get your she's like, now four at the most. Yeah. I won't leave them. And and she doesn't leave them. And that's that continues to happen. But there's this thing where it's like every day of her life and it's like drawn into infinity. I can't imagine yeah. the work Hayden did on that. It's oh, the it's same beautiful. three panels over mm. and over, but you can, but but, overlapping and spread oh, yeah gorgeous. it's and, and it disappears gorgeous. the infinity point is blank and you're ah oh, it's so good and what it's saying is the monotony of your life even when you're doing something spectacular like this woman is depressed this woman is beaten down and there's not one person who's like hey ma how you doing she's in mourning she's physically wounded she's ill right and nobody's there to support and she doesn't her. quit 
And she doesn't she quit. Does and the only not... people who have our back are these criminals. Yeah. Are these people who the society says are bad, as opposed to like the rest of the Department of Corrections. Like, where are her friends? Where's the camaraderie? Oh, yep. she's an Asian woman. So they don't give a shit about her. It's it's just crazy bananas. But it's so, I'm just like overjoyed that this book exists, but crushed oh, that it exists. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's a brilliant story that the world needs, but it's a shame it's a story that has to be told. That's, yeah. I, I really love it. I really, really love it. And I love the complexity of it. I knew you would. It. Oh, it's had, so... Oh, that's why when you said, what indie stuff are you reading right now? I thought, oh, yeah. Tony, thank you. Yeah, I missed it. <laughs> I've, I've missed it completely. And again, I have, IDW is fucking throwing fastballs, everybody. They are, or whatever the equivalent in cricket is for people who speak cricket speak. I don't understand that game. Um, I don't know what that is. Is anybody... The, uh, i'm english people, and i don't understand it yeah it feels like sometimes the games go for three days it sounds like i'm like what and you scored a thousand points i don't know it just seems like i said this to paul the other day because i'm trying to get him to do a cricket for dummies so i can learn what it is it's like it just feels like you know you've raised a child yeah you know you know how like you know, crickets you bullies hollies band as far as i'm concerned that's, right. that's, that's all it is <laughs> it's funny to me because it's like it seems like it's one of those games like because you get you raised a child so when adam was a child They'd be like, I'm going to change the rules now because I'm losing or I'm going to change the rules now because whatever, because it's fun. That's what cricket looks like. A couple of toddlers just like making up a game in real time. I'm just going to run back and forth for a while until I'm tired. And then you throw this ball and I'm going to wear these pads and then you're going to catch that ball. Maybe I don't understand. So it's such a weird game. But anyway, I, I'm sorry. I didn't just, need to go just to make you smile. Yeah, there was a recent comedy show with two comedians who are best friends, and you, but you'd never understand why if you knew them. And one of them's a cricket fan and one of them isn't. And they go to a cricket match, which goes on for days. Yeah. And the one who doesn't like cricket turns to his friend at one point and says, so at, <laughs> so at what point does this turn into a hostage situation? <laughs> That's nice. Oh, that's cricket. Okay, well, there we go. That well, there we go. Paul, you don't need to do the show. Just clip that what Steve said and you just put that out. Cricket for dummies. At what point does this become a hot? People. Anyway, sorry. The, the point is, rules are seemingly made up sometimes, and that's the other thing too. Here is that everything is moving the goalposts. Like every time they think they're going to do something, every time they think they know what it is, and so there's like. They're they're constantly there's deception in their own ranks. They're being deceived by other people. And the fact, and let's talk about the big the big fire, the fact that they're fighting fire, which is completely uncontrollable. And the I feel there's a huge metaphor there for the fact that oh, he's completely, completely, yeah, completely. And it's a beautiful piece of storytelling again where. Every single thing they're going through is dangerous. Um, then you throw the heist at the end. But then it's genius. They're firefighters. And that's the threat that's given to you right from the first page of the first issue. And then you forget about it because this other shit happens. And you forget about it because this happens to this character. And this character does this thing. But then you're thrown back into it because this fire is then everywhere. And again, it's the biggest threat there is. And you should never have forgotten about it in the first place. And that's like life we go through every single day putting out fires metaphorically yeah and there's always that one which has been at the back of our heads which we forget about and that's the one that ends up biting us on the ass and oh, 
God, it's what I said that you can't believe that so much stuff can be thrown into five issues of the four color funny book. And that's what these creative talents have done with this because I literally, and thank you, Scott Snyder for this and IDW, um, got given this to read and the minute the book's out i'm buying it and i am tracking down the five individual issues because i wish i'd read them as they came out me too yeah this is a comic book that honestly deserves to be on your bookshelf because of how brilliantly told it is and if you just want entertainment you've got it but if you sit read it reread it and grow up reading it and read it once a year whatever already in the three or four readings that the two of us have had we've just gone back and pulled more out of it that's a great story well told it is and i and i like the i like the fire and as you said dark spaces the next one isn't going to be fire it's going to be dark spaces something else yeah and it's all it's gonna so we already know scott is is not gonna he's not shy he's not writing the next one but it's scott snyder presents so he's kind of Mm -hmm. creating his own dark you know dark spaces universe which i assume will culminate with some sort of crossover i hope so which would be super cool right um i mean i'm here for whatever you're doing now idw you guys are are really bringing it but um but because it's a fire and and like you said literally we're putting out fires every day every day that's what we do and we use that and what we do though is there's this semantic language thing that we all do we use the words flippantly and we don't mean to it's not we're not trying to be degrading to people who literally put their lives online to put out fires but we say that we're like oh i have to put out that fire celeste ang has that book little fires everywhere now of course that book begins and ends with an actual fire but the point is up to that these little things that are setting in this tension in this little town in ohio every time it's a fire being lit that of course leads to the literal fire at the end of the book sorry spoilers for that book it tells you right at the beginning there's a fire so if everybody's surprised there's a fire in that or there's a fire in this you'll know that before you reach the end of the first issue (laughs) right yeah so, but the fact that there's fires, we use language flippantly and 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 it then it diminishes what that is. Like this a wildfire is called a wildfire. And the fact for a that reason. We, we think we're gonna send five people out there and stop it. They can't stop it. They're they're literally not they're helping, but they can't put it out. Nature will put it out. We humans, there's this commentary, another layered commentary about, you know, climate and, and all of those other things well, yeah, and what humans do to help or hurt. And then this this greed factor that that comes in here. And it's like, are these five women just being greedy or or are they like saying, fuck you for being greedy? We're going to take it back and we're going to go live like queens in wherever they say Panama or something. They're going to get the fuck out of there. Whatever it is they say they're going to do. It's it's a reasonable response because they're running from a literal fire. Well, yeah. And and one of them is dying. And it's so bad that Ramos is supposed to get out in 50 days and she's still in. Like, why would she yeah. do this? You know what I mean? Like, she doesn't need to do this. She's like, I just got a month and a half and I get to get out. Nope, she's going to, because shit's so bad. She knows there's nothing waiting for, and as happy-go-lucky as she is, she knows there's nothing waiting for out there. So there's a literal fire. There's a metaphorical yeah. fire. The Absolutely. world is on fire. And so it's really smart. And I want to end with this, Steve. I want to come back around to this. You and I are... I'm going to use the word because I don't feel like it's it's a pejorative. You and I are woke men. Absolutely. I, I, I take that as a compliment. Me too. We are allies. We have I non-binary. I take that as a compliment. Right. We have non-binary children. 
we have LGBTQ people in our in our family who are our friends. We have, you know, you're multiracial, which yep. people don't know unless you tell them. Which yep. again, you don't, it's not like you're not wearing a badge. You're like, hey, don't forget, you know, because it's like, you don't give a shit. You're just a person. You're just Steve J. Ray. Absolutely. Just guy. I'm just a guy. We're all just, we're all just people, but we are, I'm right. I'm happy that I'm woke. The other day, you remember- Where you is this, a badge of honor? Right. And you saw this in Discord the other day. And so I'm going to tie this together. Somebody, you know, the um, Dark Side of the Moon- 50th yeah. anniversary because we're old Dark Side of the moon is 50 and people lost their mind <sighs> about the prism and i so when i because they're like oh the rainbow flag pink floyd's woke and blah blah, blah. i'm like okay first of all yes fucking yes, ages they are and the they ways always have been. have been i mean they wrote an entire Fox. album about mental illness because one of yes. two of their members have mental illness and so they were like yes this is a thing we want awareness. We we want humanity. So to say Pink Floyd wasn't woke from the beginning was bullshit. But all these people are like, you're going to put a rainbow on your album and fuck you. And you're like, oh, my God, it's all the rainbow was there. there from day one. It it's prism. a prison that reflects light. <laughs> you so, idiots. So but the, the, the fact <laughs> that people use this. So this, yeah. reading this book, Scott Snyder is actually saying at me, comic bros. Yeah, right. Completely. I, I love him for that. Yeah. This comic is an at me comic, bros. You are gonna, he's not but shying away if from you it. look at everything he's written, everything he's written is at me comic, bros. Yeah, be, the fact that <laughs> something as stupid as ridiculous as Jaro being one of my favorite Robins, yeah, is him saying this is this offspring of one of the greatest DC villains, Star of the Conqueror, who worships Batman and wants to be Robin, right? But and you know, everything he does is like, well, I'm just going to throw convention out the window. I'm going to make Batman's worst enemy, Batman, who's become the Joker. Right. Argue with that, you know. Um, and this one, you know, everything he writes is great, but this is definitely one of his finest standalone stories. It's five issues that will cost you next to nothing to buy that, again, you should buy. Yeah. Um, because you will see a writer at the top of his game an artist at the top of their game, a colorist and a letter at the top of their game, an IDW doing what no one would ever thought they would do, no longer just doing licensed stuff, but creating magnificent stories and letting the creators own them. And that I know. I I, I and again about you. And it is, and they and they're and they are saying that IDW is also saying, fine, at me, comic bros. Come on. Because it's frustrating to me as a comic guy. I always used to say, I used to be a smoker. I am no longer. I've just been a, a, a long time non-smoker. But I always used to say the two nicest groups of people in the world are smokers and comic nerds. <laughs> that like when when I was a smoker, you'd walk outside and you'd be like, there's a smoker. You walk up to a stranger and be like, hey, I need a light. Hate, but they'll just sit and they'll just sit and chit chat yeah. with you. Comic nerds, you go to a convention. This is when I was growing up and when you were growing up because we're old, we're Gen Xers. You go to a comic convention and it was a welcoming place. Yep. There was no, no girls are welcome. There was no, I mean, I remember uh, at the, when I was at the 94 uh, Chicago con, when, when we saw Neil do the midnight reading, Heath and I saw Jill was there. And uh, cause that was when she was drawing delirium, you know? And so like lying around the corner to meet Jill, Jill Thompson, right? It's like, 
nobody thought twice about Jill Thompson having her own table at the Comic-Con. Nobody was like, oh, girls can't draw comics. It was like, fuck, have you seen her delirium? It's delightful. See what I did there? Well, apart and, uh, from the few comic skaters, uh, but we won't go into that. Right. Well, this is it. This is the thing. <laughs> it's so frustrating because we grew up with as science fiction and comic nerds saying that's the welcoming place. Absolutely. Right? You watch science fiction movies. You watch Roddenberry's Future. It seems awesome. Mm-hmm. You watch Star yep. Trek. There's people of different colors and shapes and sizes, and they're couples and they're together. And there's these things are okay and. It, comic nerds you know these these characters are real and they're broken and they've got mental health issues and they're good and they're this and they're that, all these things this is what we grew up with and so the comic bro thing that has happened in the last 10 15 years blows my mind i don't understand it and i think because scott is us scott's an extra scott's yeah. like fucking comic bros don't ruin my shit so i yeah. appreciate that he's just calling everybody out on damn it. straight yeah, it doesn't make any sense. How did it happen? What happened? I don't yeah. get it. I genuinely don't understand, but I appreciate that people like Snyder, there's comic artists who are like, because it can't just be our our friend Cecil doing it. It can't just be, um, you know, it can't just be the uh, Gail doing it. And of course, because you're like, oh, well, she's a woman and she's a woman and he's a man. You know, it can't just be Brian doing it because he's like, oh, well, he's a man of color. So of course he's gonna, it's gotta be everybody who grows yeah. up like Scott's being an ally. He's like, fuck you people. Fuck you, comic bros. Don't you ruin my shit. There's room. This is the tent. I want Brian Edward Hill's story. I want Gail's story. Gail Simone, who in my world, you put her in charge of DC Comics. I That's my dream. I'm straight. Like, Absolutely. So, so I just Love don't her. get what happened. I don't- Finally get... met her this year. Love her. <gasps> Did you, was there magic? Bubble. Oh. She's Wonderful. something. She's just so- Legend. Legend. She is a fucking legend. I mean, seriously. Yeah. I don't, she is one of the greatest, not just comic writers. She's just one of the greatest working writers. Human beings, as far and as I'm concerned. And she's so funny. She <laughs> yeah. troll, and she is hysterical. Her oh. run on Red Sonia yeah. is, I mean, I'm reading, I still read Red Sonia because Dude, the Red fact Sonya. they've retroactively named Barbara Gordon, Barbara Gail Gordon, that just says it all. Says it all. Yeah. And I, I, and, and those are our people. Like we just, we didn't grow up thinking like, oh, I can't read this comic because it was written by a woman. So I just, I don't know what happened. I mean, we do know what happened. We've already said his name, but I don't, you know, it's just, I'm thrilled that Scott's like at me and you and I are going to say at us. Don't, I mean, this, look, if you don't want to read it because you're like, I'm not reading some comic with dumb girls, then don't read it. Don't. You keep reading your muscle bound hero books with your bare breasted ladies and have fun with that. We'll read good stories. Right. Right. Because, and (laughs) that's exactly right. Because that is what Gail did with her Red Sonia. Yeah. She was like, I'll give you all this. I'll give you the tintillating. She had uh, Jenny did all those covers. Uh, Jenny Friesan is. Yeah. Legend. Right. Love her. I mean, because Alex doesn't do much work anymore. I feel like Jenny is the greatest cover artist working right now. I mean, her run and she, every cover of those Red Sonia books are amazing. Yep. She's she's always good. Her the one both Jens, she, Jen, Jenny Frisson and Jen Bartel could do. Oh yeah, no, it's work. true. Jen Frisson's cover though of uh, something is killing the children. She's the, she did the one yeah. where where um, she's holding the reflection. Yeah. Oh, beautiful. That's like art. That yeah. is like high art like that needs to be in the moma and it reminds me of the one that um jim lee did that the um the suicide squad where um katana's holding the katana in front of her yeah. in front of her eyes and it's killer croc's eyes yeah. in the blade it's like jim lee you magnificent 
and again, Jim yeah. Lee, we we need Jim Lee. Like again, but there's people who are like Jim and Jay Lee. Oh, you mean the two greatest working comic artists of my like and my childhood in the '90s? They were there was nobody better than Jim and Jay Lee. Not related, everybody, but they were like um, so good. And and I just know Scott, like Scott knows these guys. So I just appreciate that he he could have done this. This could have been five dudes. It could have been like just he easily. But he easily. Like, no, and it, it might have been choice. easier. It might even have been easier. But because this man is someone who A loves telling a story, B loves the comic book industry. He loves you talk to this guy, he lives but you have done. sweats comics. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Twice. Yeah. yeah. And this is a guy who also loves his fans. So it's what you and I have said since day one. Watch something, read something. If you love it, shout about it to the rooftops. If you hate it, don't shit on it. Just read something else. Yeah. Please move on. Right. Because unless the thing is somehow like, like advocating something horrible, there's no reason for you to comment on it because you dislike it. Like disliking it. Like if you're like, oh, that's openly offensive and that's, that's that's hate speech then speak about that but if yeah. it's just like eh, i didn't care for that okay then move on don't read it like i mean i jokingly say the dumbest thing that ever happened was making T tim tim's comic name be drake right but even bendis got the joke and then yeah. and he even had steph then make fun of it for a while it's like he knew the only person in the comic book who can make fun of it is steph and then once he yeah. once that got super meta then he just went back to being robin again but it was like okay that was a dumb move. You liked the Rick Grayson move. I didn't like the Rick Grayson move, but I didn't like publicly go on the internet and say, Rick, this is the dumbest thing Because I knew like that after a year or two, it would back. revert. Yeah. yeah. And just enjoyed the ride for what and it was. Honestly, and your yeah. take on it made me appreciate it because you were saying the point is he doesn't have his memory, but he still wants to be a hero. And that That's shows you what kind of great person that he is. Yeah. And that so I loved your take on it. Cause I just, yeah. and I loved the characters that were brought in. I liked, you know, I think Bloodhaven is such an amazing place. I, I Bloodhaven is again, talk about a commentary on class and everything. And obviously what Tom is doing, hallowed be thy name. And with the new Titans going to be the Justice League, the OG Titans cyborgs He's coming back. Trying to team. cut down on comics. Dude, that's not going to happen. No, it's that not. That is going to be, you know what that is though, but it's the thing about Tom. He he and uh Ronaldo, they are channeling uh Marv and um Yeah. George. George, they yeah. are them. Yeah. They're the new them. Yeah. They get those characters like nobody has before. So the fact And they love those characters. I know I'm like so excited. We... But again, like you said, Scott loves I mean, you look yeah. at what Scott did to the Bat universe, you're like, let's oh, he doesn't love damn. them. No, no, that was yeah. him saying we can't just do the same shit over and over. We got to try. Scott it's Snyder and Grant Morrison, their oh. runs are still affecting everything that happened to the Bat books to this even, day. Yeah, and even, said. Scott, even Scott's New 52 stuff was so important that they kept it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're like, most of the New 52 got wiped out, but they're like, not what Scott but did. Because he also <laughs> kept on doing what Grant did when he took over, even though it was the New 52 universe. Right, That's exactly. I love writers who want to put their own stamp on it. Great. But without shitting on or erasing everything that came before. Right. Yeah, I agree. And, and I, these and are I, those writers. Yeah. And I, I love those writers. And then when they want to do something different, that, that is whatever they want, they can, they, they make their own. 
or like what Grant did with Animal Man. They're like, well, nobody's using Buddy. Watch what I'm yep. going to do. Go make the greatest 35 issues you've ever read. Um, I mean, his Grant Morrison's Animal Man is, I mean, it is like near, it's Watchmen good, right? Near perfect. Yeah, near perfect. I mean, I mean, I probably read it more than I've read Watchmen. They need to get a collected edition of that stuff. I've only got the original 26 issues. And it's, yeah, I don't, they do are, they even, they did are. they, but did they collect yeah, it? Yeah, they've collected it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. they have. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's, 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 there's one hardback omnibus and two uh, two hardback separate. Um, a hardback things. would be cool. Yeah. That's, but you know what I mean? 26, it was yeah. 26. It was just like perfect. And so he's like, oh, I can go do this over here because nobody cares about Animal Man, but I'm not going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to push Batman. I'm going to push Nightwing. I mean, what Scott did to Dick and, and everything, and he pushed him, but it wasn't disrespectful. And that's what he's doing here is he's saying, he said he loves comics. He loves his fan, but he's also saying, I can, I am woke. I am an ally. I am doing these things. And I just appreciate it that, that it, it takes somebody to say, and if you don't want to read it, fucking don't read it, but I'm going to make People are stuff. still talking about Scott Snyder's detective comic run, Black Mirror. Sure. And that was Dick Grayson as Batman. Right. Well, Dick Grayson is king. Anyway, we, 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 we're, we, this Box is, spaces. This, we've digressed again. We've been super Scott, No, it's not. Time. But this Scott Snyder love fest is brought to you yeah. by Scott Snyder. Scott Snyder, <laughs> you're awesome. He didn't, no, it's not true. He didn't pay us to say that at all. We just love Scott okay. Snyder. Um, <laughs> wouldn't that be funny at the end? That was it. It was like, uh, do this watch was all these. Just, he gave us 20 bucks to do a show to talk about how awesome he is. I threw this at you because I'm not I actually I thought you might have read it because I knew that you were on a, an IDW kick at the moment. So yeah. I thought you might have read this. I just missed it. But as yeah. soon as you said, Steve, actually, are you reading anything indie at the moment? Yeah. Or have you read anything indie at the moment? Which like I said, this. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. you went, right, that's what we're talking about. Yeah. And all I said was, oh, Scott Snyder, he's a genius. And that was before yeah. I'd even read it. And he is. He is. And it's like there's a handful. There's some like amazing comic writers. Like some of the best writing is happening in comics, people. Yeah. Absolutely. But can we again, I mean, it has turned into, like you yeah. said, a Scott Snyder love fest. But can we also talk Hayden Sherman and, and their work? Because I said the first show we did together of Indie Comics yeah. Spotlight was Hayden Sherman's Art on Wasted Space. And I loved it then because it was as un sci fi as you could possibly get. It was more like a Western but with dirty. aliens and yeah. robots and monsters and giants or whatever else. This is so ultra real, but yet still comic book. It's gorgeous, and I just wanted to put a shout out to, to a hugely talented artist and storyteller, and the color work and the lettering in this in this series as well. And thank you, IDW, for doing it. Yeah, no, agree. And Sherman, um, the thing is, is this is the thing people about. I just, I and I thought I remembered this, but I wanted to look it up. So, so Hayden went to art school. He went to RISD um, in in uh, the uh, in Providence, Rhode Island, Rhode Island School of Design art like you there's a career in art people like people like oh don't tell like we tried to talk one of our kids into getting an art degree and she was like eh, i don't know and it's fine what you know she's a she's an elementary school teacher so you go girl but it's like uh because art matters look at us talking about Literally. art and hayden is so good because hayden's hayden's telling these emotional powerful stories using scott's work you know he went to art school he's worked for everybody you know, he's worked for Marvel, Dynamite, Boom, DC, but here he is, Image, of course, and he's like, I I'm just going to do these creator-owned things. I've got stories to tell because art matters and art saves, and it's not just a comic book. It is just a comic book if you need it to just be a comic book, but but he's making brilliant art, and you, I, it's totally true. From Wasted Space to this, the growth, growth but, you still, is but you still know, you still know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You still know it's Hayden Sherman. Absolutely. Yeah, which is great, and again, 
um, Rhonda's Rhonda's coloring. Oh. It's it's a really nice pairing. It actually kind of reminds me of um, what Danny because Danny did her own color her own colors. Um, yes, for, she did for Coffin Bound. She mm -hmm. always does her own colors, but it reminds me a little bit of yeah. of that. Like I mean, Coffin Bound, the comic nobody read, but everybody should have. Um, yeah. I love that. I love that book. But it were it, that was the vibe I was getting from here with with uh, Rhonda's colors. It was very Danny, and you know Danny, who's amazing too. Uh, she she's something and you know how good you're an artist when you just get to go by one name <laughs> you're like damn yep. um yeah no i think hayden hayden is uh still really young but has a pretty good you know list of of credits and is a rising star and um i'm glad idw is making this move steve i'm really yep. i'm really impressed by them and again they still do the turtles don't don't worry everybody their turtles run is still and good Dan transformers right they're they, they you're all good there and again yep. they still have army of darkness and it's all good like it's all good stuff good but i just love that they just said yeah hey why don't we start doing some original stuff who's out there so they and and they reached out they they go in heavy hitters that's why i'm a little bit jealous that you started this show tony because so many people are still on the whole if it's not dc or not marvel i'm not reading it or i will only read marvel which is worse or i will only read dc which is worse which is dumb um yeah you're missing why would you cut yourself off at the knees like that absolutely because image boom dark horse idw um aftershock they are producing some amazing comics and if you're not reading them yeah your loss it is your loss. And you know who's really, when, um, and Gail was part of the merger when Lion Forge and Oni merged. Oh, so really? Then, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Cause didn't, wasn't, didn't Gail start Lion Forge? Possibly. And I, that's what my brain is saying. But you know, they merge now, Oni and Lion Forge. So Lion yeah. Forge is more of the little kids, and Oni yeah. is obviously, yeah. obviously, we've got all kinds of range of things. But Oni Press is bringing it too, man. I just, I'm super, I, it is a great time to be a nerd. It's, 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 Honestly, there needs to be a place where, you know, there's the Marvel app and there's the DC app and I know there's Comixology and whatever, but I think, I truly, truly think the future is, and this is why I like always tell everybody to use Hoopla Digital. Hoopla Digital is the ultimate streaming place for comics. Here's why I recommend everybody use Hoopla Digital. If you, if you can't afford comics, you're like, dude, I, it isn't that much, but you're like, well, I don't have five bucks per issue or three bucks per issue. I don't have that. Hoopla Digital, the reason Hoopla Digital is the bomb is because it's it, it, it gives artists money. So every time you check out a book from Hoopla Digital, one to four dollars goes to the artist. So it's a thing it, of beauty. It's 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 a streaming service up for comic books through your library. Almost everybody's on there now. Like Red Five is on there now. Like everybody's getting on there. Jul our, Julian Darius is going to get Martian Lit on there. And so that's going to be great for him. Yeah. So like if if you're unsure and where to start hoopla digital you're not if you're not stealing from anybody you're not like getting from one of those janky sites your computer's not going to get a thing you can read the comic the artist is going to get a buck or two or 50 cents it's better than than nothing and that's probably more they're getting from the traditional publishers <laughs> think of hoopla digital as your local library that you yeah. carry with you Exactly. That's the long and short of it. It is. And so it's just such a great way to support comics. And so obviously I'm going to buy these and so are you, but we're in a privileged yeah. enough position that we can. But if you can't, Hoopla Digital, there's a great place for indie comics there. And the cool thing with them now with IDW and Boom, they're putting individual issues out. They're not even making you wait. 
So you don't have to wait. You're like, oh, I don't, I, I got to wait six months for the trade. Nope. Individual issue. You can get it. You can subscribe. It's awesome. So you Steve, should get the trade when that comes out as well. Yeah. And the trade will only be 14 bucks or whatever. Probably what will it be? 12 pounds. What's a trade usually? About 15. 15, About 15 pounds. Okay. pounds. Yeah. Okay. Nice. Well, Steve, you're my hero. Thanks for jumping on with me today. Um, thank you for picking this book. So I know you are the captain and king of the internet, but if people didn't know that and they, they didn't want to click on- Wouldn't notes, go that far, but thank you. <laughs> you are everywhere. So tell everybody, and you, this is a very podcasty day. So you, you're bringing back I Am The Night, obviously. Yeah. You, and, you and Adam did the, and you guys did the hostile takeover. You did the Sandman show, which was beautiful. I loved that you guys did that. Thank but you. I'm, I'm, I'm really glad you did it because it was like nobody better than listening to the two of you talk about Sandman brought me a lot of joy. So um, tell everybody what you're up to and how they can find it all. Easiest way is just go to Google, type the words Steve, J, Ray, or Fantastic Universes, and that'll take you to all my news, reviews, features, and interviews across Fantastic Universes, the site Adam and I started and own, which Tony writes for. Um, DC Comics News, which is about the broader DC Comics universe, and do a bunch of indie comics reviews as well. And of course, Dark Knight News, my other baby, uh, which I manage, which is the Batman-centric website. But the best place to talk to me and do, because I will answer you, honestly, and sometimes within the space of a day or two, not five years, yeah. um, is Twitter, at yeah. Elstevo, E-L underscore S-T-E-E-V-O. But um, also, I do some damage on this network. Not as much use because I don't have my own show anymore, but um, Comics in Motion has something for everyone, much like IDW, much like the independent comic um, publishers. Listen to Comics in Motion because there is a show there that I promise you will love, or maybe even several. But what about oh. you, Tony? Where yes. can the world find you? Well, that is all very well said. Um, thank you for that. I, my website is arfarina.com. That is the best way. And then I've, I've, I'm slowly moving back. I'm not on the Twitters, but I, I do have an Instagram and, and my wife manages it. So it looks awesome because she's awesome. And my website looks awesome because <laughs> she's made it look awesome. It was like a janky Jane Cole. And then she's like, no, I'm going to make it look pretty. So that's good. So um, I, I think I should be, hope this comes out the end of February, but um soon in march i think you'll be able to see the cover reveal for my first novel that comes out in may so that's exciting so just go there and you can send me messages sign up for a newsletter do all that stuff ar for but yes comics in motion is the great 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 place and we have just comics in motion adjacent people have launched uh, um and, and other folks and we'll be slowly roping more people in but we're launching a new thing called the sonic salon which will be original essays poems and short stories read right into your ear holes a, a place for ideas to share. We're, we're going to try to, much like Comics in Motion, much like Fantastic Universes, we're busting down the gate. We don't like gatekeepers, Steve. There's no gate. So we're trying to create places where the gate is open, where everybody, you got an idea, come share it. And that's what, I mean, Comics in Motion is, I think Dave just wrote in Discord yesterday, is the greatest little collective of creatives ever. And um, it may be true. We all have something there. Honestly, the stuff that, that Matt B. Lloyd is doing, he is bringing some, like that is a history, you can tell he's a his, art historian, right? I mean, you get a little art history lesson. You can go to Professor uh, Professor Lloyd's class for free, everybody. This shit's free. So it's a great group. I'm so glad I know you. Things mutual. Yeah, and thanks Things to Damien. Mutual. Thank you to Damien for, um, yep. not Damien Wayne. Well, thanks for him too, but thanks for Damien. <laughs> um, 
Mr. Fasciani, yes. Yeah, yeah. He's the reason. I mean, I, yeah. I, I was a reader of DC Comics News and that we're hiring thing with the with the Superman cape. Same. I was like, click. And then here we are. And so, and I again I I I just didn't have the time to keep to keep reviewing over there, but I still read them. You you're gonna record the podcast tonight. Yep. But that'll already be out before this comes out, the DCN weekly podcast. That'll be out Monday, Tuesday next week. The one yeah, yeah. So, tonight, but you yeah. should be subscribing to that and listening to My third value. podcast of the day. Yeah, but that's okay. It's uh, The Love world it. can never get enough of your voice. And the fact that you're doing I Am The Night back is great. I would think when that is over, and I'm just putting this out there while I'm still hitting record, you know how they, they do those shows where it's like the whatever minute? Have you ever heard of those podcasts where they take... So they're like, I heard the Predator minute where they took the movie Predator all 89 minutes of it. And they broke it down minute by minute. They're like, okay, we're going to do the first minute. And then they would talk about the show for like a half an hour. Like that thing. They break wow. down Adam and Steve Ray. Mask of the Phantasm minute show. Ooh. It'd be a couple of years. It would take you to get through it. But like. That, it's still that, the episode of I am the night that gets the most comments because of the one thing I said at the end of the show when everyone went. Holy shit, I can't believe I didn't notice that when I saw in that movie, Batman loses. Right. And everyone just thought, hang on, but God, he does. He does. It's the best Batman. <laughs> I mean, I still think it's the it best is. Batman movie. It is. Um, just like Spider-Verse is the best Spider-Man movie. The it anime, is. You just get away. You can just do more stuff with animation. And because that is Batman and Joker, they are the best. Mark and Kevin, how would be thy name? Um, but I think, I just think, it would be something from once you guys are done, finally done, the two of you should do consider like, even if it's not a minute by minute, but I think even a watch along or something, I think it would be a really cool because nobody about knows. Watch alongs actually. I think, I think that would We've be fun because that. you would, it wouldn't just be, it would be, we would get the joy of the rays watching this, but also because you'd bring such analysis and you've seen it so many times. I think it would be once you're done, come back around to mask having done the rest of this i i just i'm putting it out in the universe and you and adam will discuss but i would love to have have that because i just don't i mean i love that show but you guys get to hear you have a bad idea tony so (laughs) i mean it's not like you you and oh darn you're like oh no i have to hang out with my child and talk about batman darn it i'm sure adam would hate it they would be like i didn't know by the way also still recording I didn't realize Adam was a giant until the other day. You said Adam's like six three, tall. six four. Yeah, I had no idea that they were tall because I've only ever seen Adam's head. Oh, you're gonna, yeah. Um, we're gonna see a lot more of Adam's head because all the DC Comics new shows are video and audio now. They're gonna be on YouTube and um, oh. on uh, on air. Yep, every single one. Nice. Um, so um, I think Comics in Motion should follow because we do have a YouTube channel. We do. I don't always like to have, be on. That's not yeah. my favorite thing, well, but yeah, makes two of us. But um, yeah, you know, I know it's another it's another venue. But anyway, you are my listen. This was awesome. I'm gonna go into the Internet Archive and find some cool music that's royalty free that says something about fire. Um, fire. I we'll find that. Fire.